Hi, I'm Gary Duncan. Along with my family and all of us at KFUO, I wish you a Merry Christmas. We read in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. In Romans 6.23, For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ. See, when the Bible speaks of salvation, it's a gift from God. It's something given to us freely, not something we've earned. During this holiday season, I hope you're comforted by the words of Scripture. Also, during this time of giving, please pray for KFUO. Pray that we continue to have the resources needed to proclaim Christ worldwide. We read in Romans, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Our mission at KFUO is to proclaim the word of Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Would you help us do that? please consider making a gift today to KFUO. Call 800-844-0524. That's 800-844-0524. Thanks for your support and Merry Christmas. We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Good morning, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And here along with me this morning is... Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And Matt, how did your live nativity go? Everything all well? Well, it has not yet occurred. It is today. Whoa! Today really? Is the big day. This is the day? Today okay. is the day. So I'm glad all you right. asked because, yeah, we'd like to invite the listeners out to, to join us at Ascension right across from Francis Park, uh, real close to Ted Drew's, of course, uh, from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. this evening. So so last week we were talking about the fact you were having a live nativity, and I think I'd made some smart aleck remark about, well, is there a dead nativity? And I think not. In case there sounds about right. In case there is a heresy trial, I think it was you that said something about a roadkill nativity, <laughs> uh, uh, and we got all kinds of reaction from people about the roadkill nativity. Was it positive or negative reaction? Well, here's the thing, people: we do not need any more contributions for the roadkill nativity. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate all the carcasses you've left at our doorstep, but you can stop that now. Holy We are God. more than totally adequate uh, for, yeah. And now we have all sorts of, of different animals <laughs> that may or may not have been at the original nativity. <laughs> Cats, <true>. dogs, <laughs> raccoons. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, thanks for the uh, uh, thinking of us. But really, that's enough. That's sufficient. That's enough. Um, but, but, but we are going to. You are invited <laughs> to a, a special breakfast in the fellowship hall the day after the nativity, where we we use the carcasses. And- <laughs> I did not know so that. Never had so the, the, here is your chance. Here's your chance. <laughs> they say squirrel is That's really a, good, too. Thank you to our men's club for preparing that for everyone. <laughs> well, there you go. Thanks for taking advantage of all the carcasses, man. I didn't realize we were doing that. Um, again, making things up. <laughs> picking up things from last week. Uh, I need to alert people because, you know, we were talking about the fact that we have something special. We don't have a live nativity. We don't even have a roadkill nativity. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Um, what do you have? Well, we have the Santa, the fishing Santa. And and so we've had thousands of people. I mean, I can't even get into my town anymore because people are lined up on the highway to see the fishing Santa. But I wanted to alert you that apparently the lights have gone out on the fishing Santa. You can can only see the boat now. You can't actually see the Santa Claus. So please call the town. Call the town hall before you come down. The village of Northens before you make that long trip to make sure that the lights are back up and working. It is well worth the trip, folks. (laughs) Believe you me. That's right. (laughs) Uh, And the final thing is, I realized that two weeks ago, I said I wanted to talk about something and I didn't get to talk about it. So can we do that real quick? Sure. We've been doing the end of the world stuff. That's what we did, right? The last couple of works. You had this beautiful thing about the judgment there, Matthew 25. But one of the things that's always puzzled me, Matt, is you read some of the passages in the Bible and it's like it's going to come like a thief in the night. Like no one's going to know when the end of the world comes, right? Yes. And then you've got these other passages like, well, there's going to be all these signs. What are we talking about? The uh, abomination of desolation. Yep. Like there'll be all these signs that will sure. happen before. The... So wh- how do you reconcile those two? Have you ever tried to reconcile those two? The fact that it's going to come silently, secretly like a thief. And yet, on the other hand, it'll come with all these accompanying signs. Yeah, well, I think as Lutherans, a good Lutheran answer as well, it's going to be both, really. Yeah, right? yeah. So when are the end times? That might be a, a good yeah. question to ask. And the end times really are, are right now. We're living in those end times. Until that time where Christ, who's seated at the right hand of God the Father, comes to judge the living and the dead, we're in the end times. And the Bible is pretty clear. Things are going to get a little worse, those different signs. as the Wars and rumors of wars, yeah. earthquakes, famines. Now, the challenge is we think, well, yeah, this is pretty rotten, right? But if we were to go back in time 500 years and ask Luther, you know, do you think these are the end times? He'd probably say, yeah, yeah I do. Things are pretty yeah. rotten around here. So uh, how bad are things going to get? Well, we don't know. I, so I think it's this balance of, of being ready, being vigilant. Bible's clear about that because it can happen at any moment. But also at the same time, being ready for the long haul. And I think that that parable, of the ten virgins, with the oh boy, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's part of the rest lesson we learned there is is not so much about the the urgency, but the preparedness, and kind of in the long haul, make sure you have that oil, make sure you, you receive that oil, and, and you keep filled with oil through worship and through God's word, because it might be a little while, and yet it might come right now, and yet it might come right yeah, now. So yeah. it's, it's this tension that we have of this any moment. And, and we need that urgency. Let's get the word of Jesus Christ out and let's be prepared ourselves and make sure as many people around us are prepared too. But also that idea of, okay, we're going to be in this for the long haul. It's not a sprint necessarily, this life of ours, but it's a marathon. And we want to make sure that we're fed and we're ready and we're prepared with our lamps oiled and ready to go. So the thought I had, Matt, is, is uh, I think what's going on there as well is to the world, it will come suddenly. It'll be a total surprise to the unbelievers in the world. They're totally unaware. But as believers, like you say, we see the signs all around us that that, that the end is, is coming near. Although I, I really like what you just said, because what is our response to that? The fact that the end could come at any moment. Uh, well, Luther said he'd go out and plant a tree. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, if someone said the world was going to end tomorrow, he'd go and plant a tree, which is to simply, we just go about doing whatever it is God has given us to do. Whatever our daily vocation is, we just keep doing that because we don't have to worry about the end coming. That's going to be a really, really good thing for us when it comes. Uh, Whereas for the world, as you were doing Matthew 25, no, that's going to be a really, really scary thing for the Lord to say, depart from me into the fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Yeah, so we even cry out, come Lord Jesus yeah, as Christians. We yeah. want him to come. Uh, and when he does come, 
Scripture talks about lift up your heads. Your redemption yeah. is drawing near. Yeah. Thanks yeah. be to God. But we just had this reading in the three-year lectionary. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yep, yeah. Uh, where uh, it discusses this idea of, of God's patience. Oh, yes. You know, and, yeah. It's a reading, I believe. The if Peter, I remember right, the Peter, Peter passage? About a yeah. thousand years are like a day, a day like a thousand years. And, and God's perception of time much different than ours. But then this, this word of comfort, too, that, you know, God isn't, it's not as though he forgot to return, he forgot to send his son back, right? <laughs> no, he, he promises it a lot, especially in the gospel. Where's my to-do list? There's something I'm supposed to do. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Gee, yeah. oh, that's right. Send my son back for the end of the world. <laughs> it's not, that is not some, uh, you know, old man who's getting senile. No, 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 no. Hey, watch what you're doing. Watch who you're looking at there, this old man who's getting senile. I saw I that look. I wasn't naming names. All know, right. Uh, but it's really, you know, even grace that he's waiting in some respects in that. Waiting for you to repent. Yeah, waiting for us to repent, waiting for the world to come to repentance. Yeah. Wait, you know, patience is the word that's used there is being patient so that, yeah, for us as we examine ourselves, but also again for those around us that, that they would come to faith, that they would join us in lifting up their heads and meeting the returning Savior with joy and anticipation. Why doesn't he come and bring an end to all the evil? Man, every week we see another terrible thing that's happening. Why doesn't he come and bring that to an end? Well, gosh darn it, he wants to save people. That's the hard thing. There are people that are yet to come to faith, and so he's postponing it so that there might be more uh, in heaven. He hasn't returned so that we can keep doing wrestling with the basics. Exactly. Not really. In all honesty, no, no, wait a second. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm thinking that, if anything, the, that would okay. hasten the coming. Let me, let me put it this way. He, he, he's patient so that there can still be worship. It's still the opportunity for God's word. And yeah, he might allow us to keep on going too. And but. so we can let people know that God loves and forgives them. Yeah, exactly, I think he's tolerant exactly. for that. All right, now on to what we have this week, because this is Advent. We're getting ready to wrap up. Next week, we've got uh, our special Christmas episode, the Jalapeno Chorus. Oh, boy. Matt, tell them, tell them, you've got this, what, and you've got me intrigued. What What is it going to be about next week? Well, next week, we want to talk about one thing you may have left off your to-do list this Christmas. Okay. Now, now, I realize we're going to be broadcasting on the 23rd of December, right. which, you know, that's, that's kind of last minute, but I... I, I think you'll want to tune in just to make sure you got everything covered to really be able to truly celebrate this Christmas. And, Don't miss it. And so Matt's got something that you maybe nope. have forgotten. Christmas will not be Christmas without it, folks. Okay. So tune in. This week, though, as we finish up the Advent, we, we thought it'd be cool to talk about the promises in the Old Testament that there would be a Christmas, that God would that would send uh, his son into this earth. So we're going to just do these real quickly. My first one I'd like to talk Isn't about... Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? <laughs> and that's the what we're going to... prophets do. Yeah, it's they do. Fun. They're good. Yeah, the promises. I, I just wanted to use the sound effect. I'm sorry. So, no, no, that was great. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah 23, okay, Matt. Okay, Jeremiah so 23. You, you, if you want to read that one, and then you can that do one, and I'll read it. So what verse did I say we were going to do? Oh, yeah, oh, verse like, 5 and 6. Just good. 5 and 6. All right, we read in the book of Jeremiah, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. So, so I love, you know what I love about being a pastor? What do you love about I, being a pastor? I'm always learning stuff. 
you know, it's not like I've got this mastered. Uh, and in fact, we're doing something exciting. This year, I'm doing all the Old Testament readings from the one-year lectionary. And I've never done Old Testament. I'm getting ready to retire, and I think maybe I ought to do the Old Testament it's about time. one year. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, good. so I've never really preached on this text before, and I learned all kinds of new new things. So, so for example, uh, this business about a righteous branch, uh, and this business about the Lord is our righteousness. Yeah. So, so the guy who's king when Jeremiah speaks these words is a guy by the name of Zedekiah. Guess what the name Zedekiah means? The Lord, the Lord is our, is our righteousness. righteousness. Huh? Okay, so in good. other words, Jeremiah is saying, I know you've got a king already, and he's called the Lord is our righteousness. But here's the problem. He is not the righteous branch. I never knew this before. The righteous branch is actually a technical term that exists even before the, the Hebrews existed. You can find this in other ancient cultures. That means the one who really should rule on the throne. Uh, we, we use branch that way, right? We have family trees, sure. and we've got different branches of family trees. And so right now there's this big to-do about, what is it, Megan, and, and is it Charles? Who, who's No, it's not oh, Charles, is it? Yeah, Harry, it's Harry, Harry yeah. The and we're head. all excited about they're getting engaged. But, you know, they're not the right branch. Do you realize that? I'm sorry, Harry, Megan, I'm glad. I hope you have a happy marriage. But your children will never be the king of England because that is Prince Charles. He is the right branch see yeah. and and so that the the slam here it's really kind of funny because he's actually kind of getting a dig at zedekiah who has the name uh the lord is our righteousness but he's not the right branch because he shouldn't even be king you know how zedekiah got to be king yeah. nebuchadnezzar put him in that position oh, this on. foreigner yeah. you know just like we had problems with the russians interfering with our election well we don't know <laughs> i think we voted for who we wanted to vote for yeah. But in this case, no, actually, a foreigner had put Zedekiah on the was throne. Was around the election. Yeah, 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 well, yeah no well, election. Avoiding him. Yeah. But Not so I, I, I never there. realized that. So that's what, that's, what, that's what he's saying. He's saying, look at this. You've got the guy, but he's not the right guy because he's not the righteous branch. But don't worry, don't sweat, because God is going to put the righteous branch on the throne, and his name really, truly will be the Lord is our righteousness. Any thoughts or comments you have about that? Well, I, just... I like how it mentions both Israel and Judah, and we think about oh. how, you know, at this time those those nations are split, so yeah. the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, but it mentions both. In his days, Judah will be saved, Israel will dwell securely. So this one's coming for, for all the people, for the people of Israel, uh, north, south, doesn't matter, but by extension, us too, even. And what makes that prophecy so neat is at this point, there isn't a northern kingdom. Mm -hmm. When Jeremiah speaks these words, the Assyrians have already come and defeated and taken off uh, all those in the northern kingdom. Yeah. And of course, Jeremiah is going to say, now, now you, that should have been a warning to you guys down here in Judah. Sure. You should have been thinking, yeah, this is what happens when you don't trust in God, when you worship false idols. But of course, no, you didn't get the message. And so now the same thing's going to happen to you. Nebuchadnezzar is going to come and take you off to Babylon. But that's what I think is so neat about this promise. It's like none of this bad stuff has happened yet. And yet Jeremiah said, I want you to know, even before the bad stuff happens, and it's going to happen because you deserve it. It is going to be God's justice against you. But here's the Lord. He's not going to abandon you. In fact, in the end, there will be this righteous branch. The Lord is our righteousness. And and, and beautiful words. Uh, he will, what is it about? Uh, uh, yeah, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. So isn't that cool? The evil hasn't even fallen on them yet. Yeah. And yet Jeremiah says, I want you to know that when it falls on you, 
the Lord still loves you. It's still going to be your salvation and your redemption. Uh, and of course, the key thing is, how can you be sure of that? Because it's not going to be about you. It's not about your righteousness, because you're not righteous. Mm-hmm. But the Lord, the Lord will be your righteousness, which of course is what we're waiting for at Christmas. The guy who's going to be our righteousness will be born on Christmas Day. Yep. Any other thoughts you had about that passage? Well, I think the, the obvious thing yep. is that it's from David. So the yes. one who comes on Christmas certainly is from the house and line of David, Jesus Christ. The Although, righteous branch. Yeah, he's the, the one that branch. really should be king. In fact, he's the only one who truly can be the king. He's the only one that is our righteousness. And then I think that the one other thing, just a comment that probably we should look at in all these, all these prophecies, is, is so often it's from this this lesser thing that's happening oh, in the immediate yeah. context. So there's there's some immediate meaning here, and the, the connection to Zedekiah is named certainly, but then that even greater foreshadowing of the future, the Messiah, that coming Christ, who is going to be you know the ultimate uh, branch of righteousness. So let me ask you this. You want to do Isaiah 7? Are yeah, we going to have the same thing there? Are we going to have like an we immediate context? Oh, yes, I, we, we sure do. Let's jump to Isaiah 7. What verses would you like me to read, Matt? So let's uh, do Isaiah chapter 7. And just to kind of set the scene here, uh, now we're dealing with uh, King Ahaz. So King Ahaz, okay. a king of Judah, uh, not one of the better kings of, of Judah. You have kind of a mixed bag when it came to those kings of the southern kingdom. And you have the, this book of Isaiah where so often we get these glimpses of gospel, though. Yep. And this is yep. one of them. You know, we've even called it, some people have called it the fifth gospel, the book of Isaiah. Oh, it is. Because, it's good. And it's the most quoted uh, Old Testament book in the New Testament because of that. It's kind of interesting. So we have this guy named Ahaz, and here the, the foreign armies are, are breathing down his neck. Um, Jerusalem is in trouble. And now, is this the Assyrians or is this the Babylonians? Do you know? Well, yeah, this is this is a, a combination of people here. Um, so, uh, as you, uh, let's see here. So, uh, if you go to verse three, um, let's see here. Actually, we, we can we can back up all the way to verse one, I suppose. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, go ahead if you want to read verse one. And we've got okay. Some tough names. Uh, in the days of Ahaz, oh, thank you for the tough names. Well, here you- in the days of Ahaz, so yeah, so I get to read this. Well, here's the one who asked about All right. All right. The, it's, uh, the son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not yet mount an attack against it. All right. So there's kind of a, a, a yeah, a, a kind of a coalition of people here that are attacking Jerusalem. Okay. All right. And so Isaiah talks to uh, King Ahaz, and really, I mean, he, I think he's talking to him with... with well, I'm gonna, I just realized, so so yeah, at, at this point, we still have the two kingdoms. Now, in the Jeremiah passage, the guys up north are gone, yeah. but here it is, the king of Israel. So this is their own brothers that have come together with the people of Syria and the people of uh, uh, Pekka, wherever that is, yeah. <laughs> to fight fight against them. Okay. I, wow, their own people are coming. All right, I'm no, sorry. I think that makes it even more remarkable that in your the passage you brought up, that they're united, that this branch is coming for Israel and Israel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, Isaiah comes and he talks to the king, and... He asked the king to, to tells him to ask for a sign. Okay, really, it's kind of a nice invitation here for the king. Oh yeah. But here's here's what the king has to say. Okay. So begin with verse ten. All right. Well, man, you make me jump around. Oh, this is what we wanted to read though. Again, yeah, so the Lord the spoke to Ahaz. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz oh, well, said, well, 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 you know, oh, so, okay. wait, first of all, ask whatever you want. 
Ask for a sign. Whatever you need. Sky's the limit. Deep as soul, high as heaven, whatever you want. Um, is that okay, you think? Asking for a sign from God? Well, if God says well, he wants to give you a sign. To, I guess yeah. it's okay. You know, I think of uh, Gideon. Uh, yeah. He asked for Throwing the, sign the, fleece the fleece out. And, you know, if it's wet or the dew's on it or not on it, you know. Uh, which, which, which is cool because he does it one way, and then it's like, well, I know. do it the other way, too, just to be sure. And God you does know? it. Yeah. yeah. So in this context, yeah, it's okay. God's inviting you to. In fact, if God is asking you to, you probably really should yes. do it, right? <laughs> okay, here's what Ahaz does, uh, verse uh, 12. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Okay, so what, you know, what's the deal with that? What's his that motive? is a good question. What is the deal with that? Well, I think, you know, we could read it on one hand, put the best construction on it, say, well, that's pretty pious. Because we're not supposed Ahaz. to put the Lord to the test. Yeah, yeah. But a pious king, he's like, good guy's being humble, right? That doesn't seem to be the case because no. we hear Isaiah's response. So it's not so much piety here, it's disbelief. Oh, okay. Uh, that, uh, sign, pfft, yeah, whatever. You know, I don't need a sign. Um, he refuses the request made of the prophet. To ask for a sign, he says no. And that's cool because he, he couches it in very clear biblical language. I will not test the Lord. But you're suggesting that in his heart, it had nothing to do with being anything to do about the Lord. He just didn't believe God could give him a sign that would make yes. any difference at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so Isaiah again, ask for a sign from the Lord your God. And he says, no, I won't. So not not out of piety, but no, out of really disbelief. Just unbelief. Yeah. Couldn't give me any sign that would count anyway, not with all these people surrounding my country. Yeah, and I think where where we see this is is then Isaiah gives him a sign anyway. Okay, so if we want to read this is the important one, verse fourteen. And we want to unpack that a little bit, too. But if you want to go ahead and read verse 14. Well, let me read verse 13, too, because oh, sure. it says, yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Yeah, see, that doesn't sound like Isaiah's too happy. No, no, no. Um, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He okay. shall... Okay, well, that's we'll what we need. There. Yeah, but yeah. Verse 13, I'm glad you read that, John, because... Um, this subtle, subtle thing here, but verse 10, he says, ask the Lord your God for a sign, okay? But then in verse 13, what does Isaiah call the Lord? I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, okay. So so in verse 10, he says, ask, in 11, verse, ask the Lord your God for a sign. Yep. And then in verse 13, what does Isaiah call God? Uh, uh, the house of David is it too little for you to weary men that you weary? My God. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So he does a pronoun change, so it's yeah. not, it's not your God anymore. It but it's has, my but God. It's my God. All right. That's kind of subtle, but I think Isaiah is making a point here. Well, and, and it is kind of neat, though, that he begins by saying he is your God. Oh, you don't want him to be your God? Yeah. Okay, that's your choice. Yeah. That's not how God not wanted it. But yeah, that is apparently the consequence. If you won't ask him a sign, then he is my God. No, yeah, yeah. yeah God was even gracious enough to offer to give you a sign, and you say no. All right. So then we unpack this a little bit. The, the, here's the sign: the virgin shall so conceive and bear a son, shall be his name shall be Emmanuel. So again, we have these kind of two levels of meaning here in some yeah. respects. This immediate meaning is this promise of of deliverance, not so much deliverance of a, a physical baby, but deliverance from these enemies. Yep. Yeah. And even kind of gives us a time frame of you know this nine month period even for this period of time, and then you'll be delivered. So this immediate context for Ahaz. But certainly, during the season of Advent and Christmas, the greater, the greater promise here, far greater, is 
of course, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Which plays off really nicely between the your God, my God, now the yeah, Emmanuel, who us. is the God with all yeah, of us. Great. Yeah, yeah, with all of us, and certainly, you know, of course, that fulfillment in Jesus Christ, who is the God of 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 all, all the world, of us. He comes for comes for all nations, for the whole world. Yeah. So uh, Emmanuel, that's kind of an interesting name. God with us, you know, is that a name of law or a name of gospel? Ah, hmm. Well, yeah. I guess it kind of depends on whether you're an Ahaz or whether you're an Isaiah, <laughs> really. Uh, you know, God with us can be kind of terrifying sometimes, but when it's revealed that this God with us, Jesus Christ, is coming with a purpose to save us and out of love for us, well then, yeah, that's that's a message of gospel. Yeah. And, of course, a classic, classic text that goes along with Christmas. Well, I tell you what, Matt, it's time for us to close up the old uh, oh, uh, so radio station today. Uh, but next week, come back. We will pick up one more prophecy, if we could. Uh, the, the last words in the Old Testament, and then we'll also go on to the thing that you... What was it, Matt? You, thing you don't want to forget on your to-do list. All right, you maybe you haven't done it, but, but you'll have a time. few days. That's right. And the jalapeno chorus, Matt. Don't forget that. Oh, I won't. Next week on Wrestling with the Basics. Wrestling with the Basics is a production of KFUO Radio. Christ for you anytime, anywhere since 1924. Text the letters KFUO to 41444 to join the legacy with your tax-deductible gift.